Welcome to Dreamtime Story Club, Episode 1. My name is Tracy Reynolds, and I am the host and creator of the Dreamtime Story Club. I'm so delighted that you have joined me today. At this point, you may be asking, what is Dreamtime Story Club? Well, Dreamtime Story Club is both a podcast where you can tune in to listen to original and modernized fairy tales, fables, and short stories, and an online community where you can share your own ideas, stories, artwork, songs, and poems in a supportive members-only environment. I hope our stories will inspire you to create and dream and discover a wonderful world of storytelling because I truly believe that you bring the magic to the Dreamtime Story Club. In this episode, you will meet Snow and Rose, two sisters who realize their mother may be hiding something, so they set off to figure it out and meet some interesting characters along the way. So get comfy and get ready to sit back and listen to In Good Time, an adaptation of A Brother's Grim Tale, written and narrated by me, Tracy Reynolds. Snow and Rose stepped out of the bakery, carrying the loaf of bread their mother had asked them to pick up for dinner. As the twin sisters walked down Main Street, past the shop vendors and townspeople, they were greeted by warm smiles. The girls were very well liked in their town, for they were always polite and always happy to help. Though they were twins, Snow and Rose looked nothing alike. Snow had a fair complexion and dark curls that cascaded down her back. Rose had short, strawberry-blonde hair and a sun-freckled nose that always seemed to be squinched up from thinking about too much. Snow was the quieter sister, and her favorite thing was to spend time in the park where she sang to the birds and daydreamed stories for all of the creatures she saw formed in the clouds. Rose was outgoing and spirited, always looking for excitement. She loved games and treasure hunts and all things mysterious. Despite their differences, the sisters were the best of friends, and wherever you found one, you usually found the other. When the sisters reached their apartment, they ran to the kitchen where their mom was busy cooking dinner. Mmm, it smells so good in here, Mom, said Rose. What are we having for dinner? Well, I've invited a new client to dinner tonight, and we will be having stew while you girls enjoy pizza and a movie down at your Aunt Millie's house. Snow and Rose looked at each other, disappointed. Aunt Millie was nice enough, but her house smelled like bleach, and everything in it was so perfectly set in its place. Afraid to mess anything up, the girls never felt comfortable at Aunt Millie's. Can't we just stay home? asked Snow. We promise to behave. Oh, I have no doubt about that, Snow. You and your sister are always well-behaved. But tonight I'm hosting dinner for a different sort of client. Let's just say he's not the kid-friendliest kind of guy. In fact, I'm going to finish getting ready and you girls better head to Aunt Millie's before he gets here. Soon after, as they were getting ready to leave, the doorbell rang. From down the hall, their mom yelled, Oh no, you'll have to let him in. I'm not quite ready. 
When they opened the door, they were greeted by a short, strange-looking man with bushy red eyebrows and a long red beard that fell just above his enormous silver belt buckle. Hi, said Snow. Are you here for dinner? What else would I be here for, you silly fool? Surprised by the man's rudeness, the girls took a few steps back. He practically pushed them over as he stomped past them, tracking mud all the way down their hallway. Wow, whispered Rose. He's awful. Mom wasn't kidding. Just then, their mother hurried out of her bedroom, her hair still a bit damp and her brow creased with worry. Thank you, girls. Now quickly, run along to Aunt Millie's. She's got pizza and a movie waiting for you. Are you sure we should leave you with that awful man? asked Snow. He's so angry and rude. I know. He's definitely got issues, but don't worry, I'll be fine. I've cooked up a dinner that's sure to change him for the better. At Snow's suggestion, the girls took the path through the park to get to Aunt Millie's. The cherry trees were in bloom, and their delicate pink blossoms and heavenly scent made the park feel almost magical. Midway down the path, they caught sight of a large brown dog lying down at the base of one of the trees. As they approached, the dog looked up at the girls and began to whine. They rushed over. Hey there, boy, are you all right? asked Rose. The dog put his head down and whined pitifully. Look, said Snow. He's got his tail caught up in a net or something, and it's wrapped around the tree. Both girls gently worked the net away from the dog's tail. It took quite some time, but eventually they freed him from the tangled mess. When he jumped up to his feet, he wagged his tail appreciatively, nuzzling up against their legs while they petted and hugged him. He's so sweet, said Snow. I wish we could take him home. Me too. I think it would be okay. Mom loves dogs. When they left Aunt Millie's, the dog was waiting for them. On the walk home, Snow and Rose worked out a plan for introducing him to their mom. Snow would stay with the dog in the hall, and Rose would be the one to tell her about their new friend. When they got home, their mother was in the kitchen doing the dishes. How'd the dinner go, Mom? (sighs) Oh, just as I expected it would. He's just leaving now. I think he's in the bathroom washing up. Just then, the little man exited the hall bathroom, right in front of where Snow was waiting with the dog. He stopped, instantly frozen to a spot, as the dog crouched down and began to growl. The man quickly made a move to run past Snow and the dog, but as soon as he did, the dog lunged toward him, barking and snapping his teeth. Their mother was in the hallway in seconds. What's going on? At the sight of their mother, the dog instantly quieted and sat at attention. Where did this dog come from? The little man yelled in his high-pitched, crackly voice. He came from the in-between, and this stupid little girl of yours would have watched this creature tear me to shreds without a care in the world. Your job is to protect me, and if you fail, I'll make sure to curse your daughters until the end of time. Snow began to cry at the man's horrible words. Their mother thrust a small leather bag into the man's chest and spoke to him through clenched teeth. It's time to go, Bindle. 
Dinner is over, and you got what you came for. The dog remained quiet and seated by the girls while their mother ushered him down the hall and out of the apartment. When their mother returned, she told them all to follow her into the living room. Now, tell me about this dog. Snow and Rose told their mother the whole story about finding the dog in the park and freeing him from the tangled net. When they finished, Rose asked, Can we keep him, Mom? He's really a good dog. I don't blame him for barking and growling at that mean, awful man. Yes, he can stay. But just try not to get too attached. This dog isn't like other dogs. He has his own reasons for staying and will have his own reasons for leaving. When that time comes, we won't be able to keep him here. They called him Bear. For months, the three were inseparable. They played in the park practically every day, running through the cherry blossoms, chasing butterflies by the lake, and playing catch until they were too exhausted to throw the ball anymore. At night, when the girls and their mother snuggled up to watch television, Bear would lay at their feet and snore happily. He was a gentle and loving dog, and after that night with Bindle, he never growled or barked at anyone. Then, one morning, the girls awoke to find that Bear was missing. They searched the entire apartment and ran up and down the streets to try and find him, but it was no use. When they returned home, they found their mother in the kitchen. Bear is gone, said Snow sadly. I know. He left before sunrise. Where did he go? asked Rose. Do you know? Yes, I do know. And I promise, he's safe. One day, you both will know as well. But not today. Snow and Rose started to protest. But their mother held up her hand to stop them. No, not today. But in good time, my girls. I promise, in good time. In their bedroom, the girls quietly discussed how weird their mother was acting. There was something strange about her meeting with that awful bindle. And now, what she'd said about Bear and knowing where he'd gone was very mysterious. Yes, there was definitely something strange going on, and they were just dying to know what it was. This feeling was an old and almost forgotten feeling for the sisters. For years earlier, they'd experienced another very strange event. They were only five years old when their father disappeared. He was a fishing boat captain, and one morning he left for work as he usually did, but never returned. It wasn't that his boat sank. His crew said he'd never shown up at the dock that day. The whole town searched for him for weeks, but he was never found. That was seven years earlier, and now the girls only remembered him through the stories their mother told. Their mother refused to say he was never coming back. Whenever she'd talk about his kindness or his sense of humor, she'd always say, You'll see what I mean when he comes back home. She believed it with such certainty that the girls had grown up believing it too. Their mother wasn't the kind to make things up just to please them, so they never questioned her about it. Now... The strangeness of things had brought back that same feeling of fear and confusion they'd experienced all those years before. Do you think that all of this has something to do with Dad? asked Snow. I don't know, said Rose. Her mind was working so hard at trying to figure it all out, her nose was wrinkled up to the size of a small button. Snow feared that any moment smoke would start seeping out of her sister's ears. 
Suddenly, Rose jumped off the bed and slipped into her sneakers. Come on, Snow. We're going to find out what's going on here. Snow could barely keep up with Rose as she ran out of the apartment and through the park until they reached the spot where they had first found Bear. Aha! That's what we need to look at, said Rose, pointing to the tangle of netting that was still wrapped around the base of the tree. That net might contain a clue to where Bear came from before getting caught up in this tree. It took both of them working together to unwind and untwist the tangled net, but after many minutes, they took one last tug at it and it broke away from the tree. No sooner than they pulled it from the tree, however, the net began to shimmer and tingle in their hands. Wide-eyed, Snow and Rose watched as the net disappeared in a poof of tiny sparkles. What the, said Rose, did you see that? Um, yeah, I saw it, but I'm not sure if I believe it. Suddenly, the girls heard a loud cry coming from the area by the lake. Thinking someone might be in danger, they quickly ran over to help. When they reached the lake, they were surprised to see Bindle jumping about at the water's edge. Before approaching him, Rose yelled out to him, What's the matter? Why are you jumping around so much? Can't you see this fish is trying to pull me toward my death? Are you blind? Reluctantly, the girls ran down to the water's edge to help the cranky man. They discovered that Bindle's long, scraggly beard was tangled in his fishing line, and the fish on the opposite end of it was trying desperately to swim away. They grabbed a hold of Bindle's belt and pulled him in the opposite direction. He screamed from the pain of having his beard treated like a tug-of-war rope, but soon enough, the tip of his beard was ripped away, and all three of them fell to the ground. You clumsy oafs! Did you have to pull me so hard as to rip my beard? Now look at me. I look ridiculous. Then he marched over to the water's edge and retrieved his leather bag. If you come near me again, he warned while shaking the bag at them, I will curse you both. I don't care what your mother has to say about it. And then in a poof of gray mist, Bindle disappeared right before their eyes. The sisters were quiet on their walk back through the park. They both knew that each other had witnessed the same magic, so surely they couldn't be going crazy. Still, they seemed even further away from figuring it all out. Rose was the one who finally broke the silence. What do you think's in that leather bag? It sounded like stones, said Snow. Or maybe shells. It's the same bag he had at our house. Do you think Mom knows what he keeps in it? Before Rose could respond, a great billow of black smoke rose up above a grove of trees at the outer edge of the park. The cherry trees! The sisters ran as fast as they could toward the smoke, fearing that a fire might have caught among the beautiful cherry blossoms. When they arrived at the source of the smoke, however, they were shocked to find Bindle hunched over a large burbling kettle. He was dropping dark purple crystals from his leather bag into the boiling concoction, causing great bursts of black smoke to spew high into the air. I see you over there gawking. Very soon, my powers of protection will be restored, and I will curse you both to the in-between, where you can live out the rest of your days with all of the other annoying and miserable creatures of the universe.
Suddenly, the concoction began to gurgle and flare. Despite the flames, Bindle reached both of his arms into the pot and pulled out what appeared to be a swirling ball of dark clouds, electrified at its center by short bursts of lightning. He held the ball high over his head and let it go. The dark cloud enveloped him, and in a terrifying instant, Snow and Rose witnessed the little man turn into a red, hairless creature with long, skinny arms and clawed feet that stretched out longer than he was tall. Then, just as the smoky cloud dissolved, he turned back into the grumpy, bearded man he'd always been. The girls held tightly onto each other, both too terrified to move. The guardians of the in-between will never capture me now. I wouldn't be so sure about that. A deep growl of a voice spoke from behind them. The girls turned around to see that it was Bear, and he was moving slowly and deliberately toward Bindle. The little man laughed and pointed his craggly finger at Bear. Ha! You have no power over me. I made you, and I will send you beyond the in-between to never nowhere. Suddenly, a ball of fire shot out of Bindle's finger and soared directly towards Bear. Without thinking, Snow and Rose dove in front of Bear, and both were hit by the fireball and thrown to the ground. No! yelled Bindle so loud that all of the trees shook and the ground trembled. As the girls struggled to help each other up, enormous black dogs began to materialize around Bindle, forming a tight circle around him. Rose hugged her sister. Are you okay? Yes, are you? Snow answered. Then they heard the sound of a new voice behind them, soft, deep, and familiar. My girls, said the dark-haired man. Snow and Rose turned around to face him just in time to see the last trace of a brown furry tail disappear in a shimmer of sparkles. They knew him instantly. Dad! they yelled, running into his arms. Their father picked them both up and twirled them around under the cherry trees. Suddenly, their mother was standing there too, smiling and relieved. The family hugged and laughed, thankful they were all together again. Meanwhile, the miserable troll Bindle glared angrily at them, still held captive within the circle of the strange and enormous black dogs. Rose took a step back from her family hug. Will you please explain what's going on here? Her father answered. Years ago, this troll became angry when my fishing boat traveled too near to his favorite fishing spot. The next morning, on my way to the docks, he captured me in a net and cursed me to the in-between, the land between our world and the next where all magical creatures call home. I've been living there all this time with the guardians, he motioned toward the circle of dogs. The guardians are in charge of keeping the universe safe from creatures just like this troll. They took me in as one of their own after unsuccessfully trying to remove Bindle's spell. An order was issued to capture Bindle and return him to the in-between, where he will be sentenced to forever imprisonment. But trolls like Bindle are highly magical and hard to find. It has taken years to track him. 
We came very close a few months ago and were able to cast a vulnerability spell on him that has been weakening his powers, making it easier for us to track him. His only hope against being caught was to obtain a fortification spell from a powerful witch, and the only witch who is powerful enough around here is your mother. The girls gasped and looked at their mother. They stared wide-eyed as she continued the story. The troll promised me that if I helped him escape imprisonment, he'd remove the spell he put on your father. But I know better than to trust an awful troll like Bindle. So though I kept my end of the bargain by giving him the crystals to perform the fortification spell, I also fed him a stew of Bumblybock, which has the magic of acting like a GPS signal, allowing the guardians to continue to track his whereabouts. They've been engaged in a cat-and-mouse chase ever since, making it impossible for him to perform the full fortification spell. Interruptions! Without the constant interruptions, I'd have done it! Also, unbeknownst to Bindle, I placed a hidden counterspell on the crystals, which if activated, would cause him to lose all of his powers instantly, breaking every spell he had ever cast in the process. The counterspell would be activated if an act of his hatred was defeated by an act of love. When you two girls dove in front of his fireball to save Bear, your act of love activated the counterspell and vanquished the troll's powers. Bear, your father, was instantly released from his curse. Now, Bindle has no power against the Guardians, or anyone for that matter. The happily reunited family watched as the guardians and the troll disappeared before their eyes, leaving behind nothing but a poof of sparkly mist. As they walked back to their apartment, cherry blossom petals drifted down from the surrounding trees like soft, beautiful rain. Rose looked at Snow and nodded encouragement, for they both had a question they wanted answered. Mom, asked Snow, Are we witches too? Their mother and father smiled at each other. In good time, my girls. I promise. In good time. And that concludes our story, In Good Time. I'm wondering what you think about the characters you met in this story today. Do you think Snow and Rose might have undiscovered powers of their own? What do you picture when you imagine Bindle fighting with the fish at the edge of the pond? Maybe you have a magical story you'd like to tell. If so, please visit us at dreamtimestoryclub.com. and join in our club activities where you can share your thoughts, your artwork, and your original stories with me and other club members. If you're not already a member, just click Join the Club and complete the membership form. It's easy and it's free, but you must have your parent or teacher's permission. Thank you so much for listening today. You can hear more fairy tales, fables, and short stories on our website or anywhere podcasts are streamed. Until we meet again, I hope you too will take some time to create and dream. Remember, 
It's you who brings the magic to the Dreamtime Story Club.